Yo, yo, good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, as you know, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And man, it is that time of year, and it is fun, fun, fun in the house. We're looking forward to Christmas. My wife's counting down the days for our babies to come home and be in the house. And um, actually, um, yesterday, we got news that my daughter's boyfriend, Teo, he plays soccer for the Oregon State, OSU, Oregon State Beavers. And they are going to the semifinals this week nice. for the national championships. And so my <laughs> wife and daughter are going to go. I would go, but I'll be at a training. So, but yeah, so a lot of fun things going on in addition to Christmas. And as you guys know, it's been a minute since I've actually had a guest and I've been wanting to do this for a little bit. So I finally cornered my boy, Will Fawcett. <laughs> The millennial mentor. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, Jody. How you been? Like you said, it's been a while. I love you so much. Yeah, we, dude. we always catch each other, but haven't been able to do anything in a minute. Yeah, it's it's been fun, you know, <laughs> having worked with you in the past and watch you kind of flourish and grow and watch your impact grow is a lot of fun. So if you guys don't know Will Fawcett, go connect with him on Facebook. He is known as the millennial mentor he works with uh, young men and girls of course yeah. but works in the schools and also with other agencies and just has a heart for serving and having an impact on young people's lives so that's the name millennial mentor <laughs> that's that's the game man just trying to uh impart what i've learned to the next generation really. that's good man so yeah. So let's jump into, I have a couple things that I want to talk okay. to you about. So um, you recently have become a dad of two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk about what has been the difference going from one to two. <laughs> it's completely different, right? And like even just the way my children are or were as babies, like my daughter. My daughter was born. We could put her on the floor. She'd crawl around. She wouldn't do anything. She she wouldn't pick anything up and try to put it in her mouth. And she, you know, crawl to her toys and do. She was she was essentially perfect, right? My son, on the other hand, he will see something, grab it, try to put it in his mouth, figure it out, <laughs> and you know he'll get up really fast and fall over and throw a tantrum like. They're just so different, and and I laugh with my wife about it. We just sit and look at them and be like, "Wow, they are they're just completely different." And and knowing it and experiencing it become those two different things. Like I know growing up, me and my older sister were completely different, but I was experiencing it as the child. But now experiencing it as the parent is so eye opening. Like. Wow, you 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 couldn't have guessed them to be any different, even at just at this small stage. Yeah. So, how's it been for the older sibling to have a younger sibling? Because I know sometimes there's some jealousy, sometimes there's some excitement, sometimes they're both. So, what's been your experience? So, my daughter is. I, I rave at her, tell her she's the best big sister ever. She totally, she totally 
went into big sister mode. Like when he came home, that's my little brother. She can tell you everything. Oh, that's my little brother. Tell you his whole name, tell you his birthday, tell you what he likes to eat. Like she at five, she's that's my little brother. And it's it's amazing to see. I look at her and I just go, we we're blessed. Um really um even even to the point where she just did her we just had her first parent teacher conference right for a first grader and the teacher said oh are there any other siblings at home does she have older siblings because you know she's so well versed in the class she's she's the student helping the other kids in class and we're like no she's the first we're learning by trial by fire with her of what to do and how to teach her and how to mold her and her teacher literally was like yeah we don't we don't have to do anything with her she knows everything so that that's awesome (laughs) so it sounds like number two has been a pretty easy transition for you other than guarding what goes into the mouth easy easy in the sense that it's been a, a, a commu- community effort, right? My wife is amazing. She, you know, the nurturer in her is is on full tilt right now. She's like, oh, I got both my babies. I got my little boy. I got my girl. So she's in full tilt. My daughter loves it. You know, I can help. Dad, let me do this. Like, she wants to change his diaper. I'm like, You don't have to do that. Like, daddy will take care of that. And even when she gets to the point where she's like, dad, can I just watch my tablet? I don't don't want to feed him his bottle today. Or I don't want to, you know, play with him. That's fine. And then for me, even pushing me to the point of how do I wrangle this new scenario that I'm in? I never thought that one, I would be a dad. And now I'm a dad of two. It's like, all right, every every day becomes that eye-opening experience of I have two kids. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Life will never be the the same. Never, never. And, and, you, and you wait till she turns 13 and we'll see how well she thinks about her baby brother then. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I always, you know, I've even had those conversations with you like Jody how do you how do you manage being dad and an entrepreneur and running a business and then being a husband and then having that moment to yourself like how do you do that what what's the what's the tricks or or the tips you can give me well well here's the thing you know i i remember a conversation you and i had uh, probably late last spring and i've thought about it a lot And we were talking about, you know, this exact question, how do you juggle it all? And I brought you back to when you were first dating your your wife, man. You're working, going to school, you're doubling down, right? And if your girl called you on a Tuesday night instead of a Friday night and said, hey, Tuesday night, man, I got a little hour window. You know, can you swing by and get a window, Wendy's Frosty and come see me? Dude, you would have got up in your car and you would have went across town, <laughs> spent the hour with her, went back home and still went to bed and got up and went to work, right? Or went to school or whatever. Right. And and I think somewhere along the line, men and women lose that pursuit of each other mm. in the name of, 
we're busy. We have kids. I got to go to work. You know, I got to, you know, earn the bag. And somewhere we stop pursuing the love of our life and we fall into these kind of doldrums and complacency and we take each other for granted. And so Judy and I have been very diligent in making sure that every week that we have a date night. It's just like this past weekend, you know, I was on Saturday, we had a um, detail shop crawl where we started at the detail doctors and we dropped at different detail shops in Idaho, highlighted their shop, what they, what they're doing, why they're doing it, what they've learned, what they plan on doing. And, you know, we went, spent the entire day on Saturday and we, excuse me, we ended up at the rag company and we're having dinner and then people are like, well, Hey Jody, do you want to go to, to, uh, to the bar and watch the game because I was playing Michigan and I'm right, like, no, right, dude, right. I got a hot day with my wife. Right. And it's funny because when I said that to Josh, I saw this couple over the thing and the girl literally turned her head like what? <laughs> and, and she was kind of surprised by my, my response. And I think rather than it be a surprise, it should be the norm. Yeah. Right. Yeah where we're making time for our significant other we're carving out a window and even if you're super busy you have to find that time make that time to continue to nurture and build your relationship because if you don't one day you're gonna wake up and be complete strangers to each other yeah and that's one of those things that now um i I have reverence with what you with what you say because as the young couple, right, we're we're still new. I think we're we're right at that five year mark in our marriage of, you know, it's still new, but we're we're look we're the the blinders are coming off, the rose colored glasses are now becoming clearer. It's like, oh, okay, these are those things, and this is where those moments where the things you've been illuminating to me for years now are really coming into play. It's like, oh, I, and, and hearing my wife say them, now the parallels start to intersect of, oh yeah, date night. Oh yeah, making her feel special. Oh yeah, being present, right? These are things that you and I have had, you know, our own personal conversations about. I'll call you and be like, Jody, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then my wife is, now mirroring those same things that you've told before and i'm like I, I i have to get better at being better being a better father and husband and making that concentrated effort well and and it's interesting because my wife and i were actually talking about this exact conversation a couple of days ago and she pointed out something that i hadn't really considered or thought about she goes one of the main differences from when you were dating to when you're in a committed relationship and you're living together and you're or you're married is you're living together right whereas before you were planning time together and you were separated and you were looking forward to the time for each other right so all week your girl would be like oh man i got a date with will i got a what am i gonna wear how am i gonna look right and you're going I got a date with this girl. You're, you you don't care what you're wearing, but you're thinking about what you're going to do, right? And 
when you're in the same space, that kind of doesn't exist because you're always with each other. So you have to be very poignant to go Saturday or Friday or whatever day is date night. That's our time together. And that way, even though you're living together, you're still looking forward to time with just you two. So I want to, I want to use that same concept. So I did a, a professional development a little while ago and I used something similar to that. You and I are both high eyes, right? On yeah. our disc assessment, really high eyes. And I, I had to kind of make a point and I, I was telling the group that I was working with, I'm a high eye, meaning I can be very spontaneous, very just off the cuff. And while me and my wife were dating, I would come up with stuff to do on a whim. Oh, let's go do this. And, oh, we're going to go and drive here. And let's go drive to Ohio and have dinner and go to the mall and then come back. Just stuff that I just thought of on a whim, right? Where my wife, because she's a high S, high C, she's thinking I planned these things. But now that we live together, she's seeing I don't plan, right? I'm just thinking, ooh, let's go to the movies, and then we'll go to dinner, and then we'll do this. And she's like, yeah, but we got other stuff we got to do. Remember the schedule we have? So there's that clash of where separately I was able to do things, but now that we're together and living together, it's the respect of time that sometimes I don't always have suggestions yeah. for something like that. Well, and, and I like that example because especially as you're moving in together, you're now having to learn how to blend and harmonize the two personalities in the way that you typically in the past have lived in your own space is inevitably going to change right because you're off the fly you're ready to go and she's like whoa we gotta schedule this we gotta plan it we gotta have our house organized and i imagine before your house was a bit of a in a disarray and now she's like whoa 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 the you know the socks go in this side of the, the drawer and the shirts over here and you didn't did, hang up did the you towel, take right? the dishes out of the dishwasher yeah <laughs> right? and so it's and and it's when you hit these discordant notes, when you have friction, that makes you step back and go, all right, how do we blend these so that we harmonize in moving through our life together? Because otherwise, everything can become very quickly a battle. Yeah, very quickly chaotic, very quickly um, cumbersome. Yes. <laughs> um. So you had talked about your your daughter's boyfriend and going to the semifinals. Me trying to be as uh, oblivious as possible. Jody, what is that like having daughters that have boyfriends that you now have to take into account and acknowledge as human beings? <laughs> you know, that that's an interesting thing, right? Um it really hasn't been that challenging for me personally, right? Okay. Um, partly because Judy and I have always had this mentality that we 
are raising our kids to fly, right? And we always want to create a safe place where they can come and rest, regroup and nest and kind of recompose their life if they get into that situation. So we've always kind of built our parenting philosophy around the idea that one, we're creating a family unit, but at the center of the family unit is Judy and I. If Judy and I aren't right, then the rest of the family is not right, right? And if we provide the foundation and the confidence and the belief in our children that they can do hard things, they can accomplish hard things, and expect them to do hard things that when it comes for them, comes time for them to start spreading their wings, going off to college, getting that first job, getting that first boyfriend, getting that first girlfriend, you've set in place the foundation for them to be successful. Yes, they're going to make their mistakes, right? And, and, and honestly, I... The first time I met Tao, dude, I just fell in love with him. He was so <laughs> respectful. He was so kind. He still calls me Mr. Cedric. And he's just so courteous. And I watch him interact with my daughter that in this little moment, because it was after a volleyball game, mm -hmm. right? So we were introduced to Tao's parents and we were introduced to Tao. And we had this little itty bitty window, right? But I could see in that moment of time that he was very respectful, very considerate. And I just had this just peace and calm that, you know what, this kid's a good kid for my daughter. Nice. And it made me feel even better when my wife and Kaylani were talking about Teo. She said, you know, you know, Judy was asking kind of how's the relationship going. And this was, you know, a while back, right? Probably six, seven months ago. And she said, you know, mom, Teo treats me the way dad treats you. What else can you say? <laughs> I dude, and I'm like, all right, then you know what? And and I do. I I really strive to put my wife first to make her the queen of not only our house, but of my heart. Because I think too, what happens is kind of, and this is an, an, an indirect answer to your question, is that I think a lot of couples struggle with their kids leaving because in some respects, they've tied their identity so strongly to being a parent that now that their kids are off on their own, they're left wondering who they are. Yes. And they're left wondering who they are as a couple instead of always making them the center of the family. That way, when the children go off and they meet their significant others and go off and build these relationships, which that is the natural order of life, right? Yes. That it becomes natural. Now, with that said, I will say this. <laughs> And in fact, I joked to, to Judy about it. Uh, we we were delivering toffee to people last night for Christmas, and I joked. I said Judy's gonna really struggle when none of our kids come home for Christmas, and she's like, "Oh, that's not happening. I'll go to them." <laughs> 
And that's good, right? Because you want to have that kind of love and commitment and connection with your kids. Okay, so here's here's the the dad moment you get to have with me, right? So being fully transparent, a struggle that I've had recently with me and my wife is her. She said to me, she needed, and, and you kind of touched on the feet needed to feel secure, right? making sure that I always made sure that she felt secure and safe from anybody, not just like out in the streets, but from, you know, family members, from disagreements with people we know or anything, she needed to always make sure she felt secure. And there have been times where I didn't provide that in the way that she wanted or needed. How do I do that? I guess on a continual basis. So that way more than me saying it more than me saying, Hey, you know, I got you, you know, I'm gonna protect you. And you know, me being the big, the big strong guy, but invoking that, that sense of security, what do you know, or what advice could you give to me or any other guy struggling with something like that? Yeah. You know, I, I love that question. And there's so many levels to the, to that question. And I'm going to go back to when Judy and I came to my dad and said, Hey, we want to get married. We'd like your blessing. And I remember we were sitting in my parents' kitchen and my dad, Judy and I were sitting across from my dad. And my dad said, he said, look, I recognize that you guys are going off and creating your own family. That's God's design. And that's the way it should be. He goes, I want you to know that I trust you guys to go and build a life together. I will never step into your family relationship unless I see physical or emotional abuse. Mm. Other than that, go and create your family, right? And you're an extension, Judy. You're now my daughter. You're going to be my daughter. And by such... I will act as your father. If you need me, I'm here. You can talk to me. And I love that he gave us the freedom and the permission to go and create our own family, right? But it also instilled in me because, because he very was very poignant when he said, I will never step in unless I see abuse, physical or emotional. And he looked directly at me. <laughs> Right. So I took that as a personal admonition with the look and some words to both of us yeah, that yeah. I needed to be the guardian of her heart. And I think that's really what women want. Yes, they want physical protection, but they really want and need, and we men need it as well. We need to be guardians of each other's hearts. And that includes coming to their defense, not talking about your relationship with family members or the auntie who wants to, oh, I see this going on and, or your wife going and running. I can't believe what Will did. And you going to your mom, I can't believe what she did. Right. And keeping that in your circle and protecting each other's integrity yeah. and heart. Right. And I think a lot of families get stretched, couples get stretched apart because they're always going outside to get their problems solved instead of going inside and going, all right, baby, 
What do I need to become? What am I not doing that you are hoping that I would do as a husband, right? Because when you were dating five years ago, you professed that you were the man of your dreams and of her dreams and that you were going to, you know, protect her heart. You're going to provide for her, create a safe home. You know, all those things, you would be the romantic center of her life and you would be dedicated to her. Are you living up to what you professed five years ago? And if you're not, what are the adjustments you need that I need to make, you know, 34, almost 35 years later, because it's a continual thing. You know, people go, how'd you make it 35 years? Well, we made it by continually leaning into each other. We learn to forgive each other. We learn to be honest and hold each other accountable. We learn to hold ourselves accountable. Ooh, we ooh, learn ooh. to be guardians of each other's hearts. Wait, Jody, Jody. Okay. How do you learn to forgive, right? And and that's a that's a, a like a almost a slippery slope where you can be offended, so offended by something that happens in this relationship in your marriage that you don't want to forgive right how do <laughs> there we go how do you forgive when you don't want to forgive so let me ask you a question in return <laughs> okay how much do you value the relationship right no serious no i'm how saying- much how much do you value the relationship because it's a lot of times real, it's, it's those little things that we don't want to forgive that we're holding on to that's creating this dark spot in our heart that in the grand scheme of the relationship, they're really not that important. They're not that important, but we tend to make something really small and make it into this big thing. And we tend to revisit it instead of letting it go. Right. Right. And it's like, and a lot of times, if you're honest with yourself, why don't you want to forgive? Because your ego is hurt. Or fearful. Or you're afraid. Yeah. yeah. Either your pride's been hurt or you're, you're afraid that you're going to be less of a man. But what I found is that when you go into serving out of love, Mm. she will receive that service in the spirit that it was given. So, you know, what, what is your motives? Why are you doing something? When you're doing it to make her the center of your world, to make you two the center of your world, all of a sudden those petty little things that kind of aggravate our heart and our mind and our ego become not that important because they're actually detracting from your relationship, not adding to your relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, and, and like I said, you know, I mean, Judy and I, it'll be 35 years in February. We're still, we're, we're still learning and forgiving and growing and, but also being deferential to each other and putting each other um, preeminent in our life. 
Mm-hmm. Given that priority. Given yeah. that priority, right? Yeah. And and I think that's important. My my kids know that mom's first. <laughs> I mean, mom is first. I mean, because right. all you kids are going to grow up. And I know a lot of family, a lot of couples, especially mom was like, no, my babies are first. Well, I guarantee you, if that is your mentality, you're going to wake up and you're going to look at your husband and go, who are you? Yeah. Who yeah. are we? Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm not a mom anymore. I Well, all my kids have left. So who am I? Right. And so it's just really important that you continue to make each other the center of your family. That Yeah. I, I have no worries because you're spot on with that. I, I'm I'm listening to I'm replaying everything you just said in my head. Like, yeah, that's that's spot on. <laughs> well, and and it's, dude, it's come over you know years of of learning how to be a good husband, learning how to be a good father, right? And and I'm I'm still learning right now. I'm going into this completely different phase of being a parent to adults. Mm. Right. I mean, that's a complete, I mean, we could have a completely full 30 minute episode on just that, right? Because now my kids are off on their own. They're creating their own careers. They're going off and they're on the edge of getting married or they're already in a relationship. And so now we get, you know, these additions, right? My, yeah. my son's girlfriend, Bree, she's absolutely delight. I love her. Zane's girlfriend, Haley, absolutely delightful. I mean, that she has such a tender heart. You know, Kaylani's boyfriend, Teo, and, and, yeah. and Devin's partner, uh, Matt. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you, the, the center of love just grows and grows and grows. And where you thought you only had love for one, all of a sudden you have love for nine. Yeah, and and that's one of those things that I, I will say for me is almost in disbelief of going back to going back all the way to where we started from. I'm a father of not just one but two now, and then having to see where that evolves into and how it develops, like that is one of those. Look, we can't prepare. We can't prepare for the things we don't know, and that's where I'm at. I'm literally just on the cusp of all of these things that I have no idea how they're going to go. Man. Well, and 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 I really appreciate um, uh, as you as you. I think you know. I'm writing my second book, right? Okay. And this book is all about faith and how mm. I believe we oversimplify faith. And I found this great. Um, quote by France, uh, Pope Francis. And he said, faith is not a light which scatters all our darkness, but a lamp which guides us, guides our steps in the night mm. and suffices for the journey. And I think that's kind of the way love is with your kids, right? We think it's like we get these little bits of love that build on each other and it's enough to create a happy family when you lean into each other, when you forgive each other and you learn to laugh with each other and learn to work with each other and play, but also you learn to give each other grace through our weaknesses because we're all 
failed in some i mean yes. frail and you know we have character flaws but when you recognize that we're all growing and we give each other space and grace to move and evolve and become that provides the groundwork for love to grow wow wow okay so anyway, I'm, well, we, we've been going for a minute, so and, listen, and I want to so here we I go. We, we already know your, we got your your time, but I think you got a question, so we're gonna give you that question. No, I was just gonna say we already know we got to do a part two to this because <laughs> this this isn't gonna work. We got to do a part two to this. Well, we can do a part two. So, um, guys, as you can tell, I mean, well, I love I always love my conversation with Will. Will he has great questions. <laughs> He's got passion and love for his family. And he's really looking at like, how do I become a good dad? How do I become a good husband? Right. And it's, I mean, that's all of our question, right? How yeah. do we, how do we continue to grow and become the men that our wives deserve and we're hoping that we'll be <laughs> <laughs> and the dads that our kids deserve and hoping we're being too. And we didn't even get to my real question that I wanted to ask you. So. Wait, what was the real question? So so we can prepare for part two. The, the real question was, has your kid ever caught you making a mistake? And how did you respond? <laughs> I'm going to say yes, but I can't think of. So I'll, I'll let you simmer on that a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, had a great, I had a great experience uh, in, the, in the airport a couple of weeks ago. I was walking down the airport. And there was a mom and a little girl of about five. And that's why I thought of you. And they were, they were walking towards us and, and the little girl goes, well, mommy, you made a mistake. <laughs> and the mom's like, yeah, sweetheart, I made a mistake, but this is what we're going to do to solve it. And it just really made me think about how many times me as a dad made a mistake mm -hmm. and whether or not, I owned it in a way that helped my kids feel safe, that they uh, felt like, you know what, dad recognized that he wasn't at his best at this moment, or he just made a mistake and he was striving to be better. So that was my original question for you, but we've had such a great topic. We'll have to save that for part two. Wait, so. I'm going to tell you the short, a short version and it'll be super quick. Okay. My daughter's biggest thing is making me say, excuse me. Right. So if I belch or whatever, eating, drinking, she's like, Dad, what are you supposed to say? And she's like, very adamant. What are you supposed to say? To, Excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's like, exactly. So, like, that's that's her go to. Any, anybody belch or anything, she's going to, what are you supposed to say? Because we, you know, a part of the conditioning of how to have manners and how to operate. So, yeah, that's the quick version. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, guys. Thanks, Will. First of all, thank you to you for a great conversation. Man, anytime. Yeah, and you guys tapping in. Thank you so much for listening. I love these conversations with other dads because we can laugh at each other. We can commiserate. We can hold each other accountable. We can help each other become better versions of ourselves. Uh, please, please like, share, and subscribe. And and share with so so that we can have more of an impact it's hard to believe there's over 260 episodes of this podcast it's just crazy how many i've done 
And uh, it's all with the intent to ignite the fire within us to be better fathers, to be better husbands, and ultimately to be better men. So please uh, like, share, and subscribe. And if you're looking for a Christmas gift, there's still time to go out to Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Check out my book, um, Learn to Dance with the Currents of Life. When you feel like you're drowning, it's out there. So check it out. And we will check you same time, same bad channel just next week. See ya!